Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Hallelujah. I am Carl Thomas. Welcome. Welcome to Revival Life Church. I'm happy to be here today. It has been, it's been quite an exciting week for me. Uh, we are starting a new message series today, which I'm going to talk about in a moment. Uh, but uh, sometimes, I'm, I'm not a spooky guy, Mike. I'm not a spooky guy. I'm not superstitious. I don't give the devil more credit than, than is due to his name. Amen. I don't, I don't believe he's more powerful than Holy Spirit. But every now and then you get a little warfare happening. And uh, some people are going to get free today. And God is bringing us into our new thing. And sometimes the enemy doesn't want that. And so when we had our uh, pre-service meeting today, I said, hey, uh, we're starting a message series today on spiritual warfare. Uh, you know, if technical things happen, don't get surprised. And then we had technical things. So I'm not, I'm not surprised. But if you've got a Bible, go ahead and turn to John chapter 8. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray before we get in the Word today. Father, we do love you. We thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, that came to make a way for us to walk in freedom and to walk in life. Father, we pray today that every lie of the devil will be broken. That your word would come alive on the inside of us today. That we would walk in our destiny in this new season. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody said? Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Mikey. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If I didn't say it already, go ahead and turn to the Gospel of John chapter... I talked last week. If you don't catch last week's message, I would encourage you to go back and watch it. Uh, There's not a lot of messages that I say God did something special, but God did something special, kicked off something special last week. And I I personally, I want to walk in it. I I talked about a new season uh, that God has begun, that he has launched and um, how I have begun to walk in it. And my goal today <clears throat> is that that imparted grace that we receive, that we walk in, that we would learn how to steward that grace this week. Because I don't just want a touch. I don't want a splash. I don't just want an experience. I want to walk in the favor of God. How about you? I want to walk in the favor of God. And uh, we have to steward the grace and we have to protect it. When Jesus came to earth, there's something interesting that we need to take in, even as spirit-filled Christians. When Jesus came, he didn't come like Elijah, calling down fire and doing these, these wonders in the elements. Jesus didn't come, like, uh, he didn't come like Samson, tearing down buildings and uh, toppling physical structures. Uh, he, he didn't come like Moses and do wonders with plagues and the rivers and and in and, 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 and battle with the magicians of the day, Jesus came like a rabbi. And, and we, that is lost on us as spirit-filled folks sometimes. He came as a rabbi. He did miracles. He did healing, certainly. We know that he did deliverances. But he mostly taught. He mostly taught his disciples what it meant to walk in this new kingdom that he was bringing to the earth. And the majority of his ministry was teaching. And so today we're starting a series talking about how to fight the enemy. We're going to talk about how to fight the enemy. The enemy 
<laughs> There's the enemy of our soul, and he set up an entire system to destroy us. And we want to learn how to push this back. Historically, this has been called spiritual warfare, and, uh, but we're starting a new message series, talking back, pushing back darkness, moving into destiny. Can you say amen? amen. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, come on, one class. Let's do it. Mikey, if you could do me a favor and try to figure out why I'm ringing, I'd appreciate it. I think I did something back there. Maybe it's better now. Maybe he fixed it. I don't know. When we think of spiritual warfare, sometimes we think of the most goofy parts of the church. Can we be honest? Some of the goofiest meetings I've ever been in are where people get self-appointed to do spiritual warfare on behalf of people who don't actually want it. The, the, the craziest, weirdest things in our slice of Christianity can be spiritual warfare meetings that neither honor God nor honor the people who are getting the ministry. I've, I've, I've been in some weird meetings. I, I've been where people are yelling and, and shouting and they're marching around and they're pulling down things and doing all kinds of stuff and you don't actually see that much change taking place. We never see Jesus do that kind of stuff. You ever notice that? We, we, don't see, we don't see Jesus <clears throat> screaming and marching around. Jesus cast out demons. Jesus healed the sick. And, and, and certainly that is <clears throat> part of the ministry of the church. But I'm here to tell you, that's second and third level stuff. That, that, that's not the primary way that Jesus dealt with the enemy. Jesus certainly cast out spirits that were vexing people. He certainly delivered people who were undergoing oppression of the enemy. But again, that's, that's second and third level stuff. Today, what we want to do is we want to look at the Word of God and see how Jesus fought with the enemy while He was ministering here on earth. Now again, <clears throat> having a Spirit-filled background, maybe you're from a charismatic background, maybe, maybe you're lucky enough that you've not seen all that goofiness. But, but when you... Think about fighting the devil. This is not how you see it in a lot of prayer meetings. Uh, spiritual warfare doesn't have to be weird. Um, so let me just tell you a, a couple things off the bat just to kind of make some people just be at ease. Here are some things we're not going to do in this series. All right? Let me just tell you from the beginning. We're not going to scream at the devil. All right? We're, we're, there's not going to be any vomiting. Not going to be any coughing. There's not going to be any, any, any coughing out demons. There's not going to be marching around rooms. There's not going to be humiliating people. I've seen too many deliverance sessions that did little more than make the minister look like a super spiritual person and the person getting ministry being embarrassed. That is not God's heart. Is this making sense to anybody so far? Is this resonating? Yeah, we're not doing that nonsense. What, what we are going to do is we're going to see the freedom Jesus offers us in the Word of God. This is what we're going to do. I believe. <clears throat> I believe. Now you might, you might think, you know, this, 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 this all sounds hocus pocus to me, Pastor. I've never seen this before. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, trust me. If you'll just suspend judgment a little bit and allow yourself to be open to what Jesus might be speaking in the Word, there's a possibility that God has some breakthrough for you in this season of your life. Now, now, a lot of spiritual warfare, like I said, is, is superstition and nonsense. And we are, um, 
we don't, we don't, we don't believe that Christians can be possessed by devils. Certainly the Bible doesn't teach that, but there are spirits in the Bible, and nowhere in the Bible does it tell us that these evil spirits have gone away. Just because Jesus walked the earth, they were still on the earth plaguing people. <clears throat> and I've seen people who were so scared of spirits that they saw them when they weren't there. But I've also seen people not aware when they are there. I myself have had many, many experiences where I saw unclean spirits when I wasn't even looking for them. Uh, most famously, one time I was walking through uh, the Sawgrass Mills Mall. Now this is going to sound weird to some of you, but I want you to hear this. I was walking through the Sawgrass Mills Mall, and I turned a corner, and as I turned the corner, I just saw demons. It was so weird, out of nowhere. There were just demons. And, and you might think it's because my wife wanted to spend too much money. No, that was not it. That was not it. And I was like, what is this? And I turned around, looking, and there was, a, there was like a booth set up where a woman was doing psychic readings. And I saw the demons before I saw the booth. And then I saw them just waiting. Now, you might get a psychic reading and go away and nothing happened. But there's demons waiting for people there. And some people come away oppressed. And, and, and I just saw them, and then I was like, oh, you foul, wicked demons from hell. And here's the funny thing. If, if, you're, if the gift of discernment has been um, awakened in you, um, demons don't know it until you talk to them. Right? Like, they don't know until you talk to them. And so they're just hanging out, and then I start talking, and then they get surprised because they don't know the, oh, you could see me. Yes, I could see you. My family's coming through, and I'm just you know, the blood of Jesus is coming through right now. So y'all just need to make a path, right? Make a path, make a plane, because I'm, 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 coming, I'm coming through. And I, I've seen spirits, um, I've been, I've had, God has used me in the past of seeing spirits and, and setting people free from uh, spirits of oppression and illness and, and whatnot. But I've also seen people um, who were not able to get free because they actually wanted what came with the spirit, which is tragic. It's tragic, but from antiquity, from the beginning of Christianity, the greatest minds in Christianity have understood that there are basically three areas of warfare that believers go through for the Christian, but they all lead to one thing. There is a, there is a fight or there is a war over our soul. We have to understand that there is a war going on right now over your soul and over my soul. It, either you are in the fight or you don't know you're in the fight. That, that's all there is. There's, there, there's, no, there's no in between. Now, you don't have to wake up every day and be swinging and quoting scriptures, but you need to be aware <clears throat> as a human created in the image of your father, there is an enemy who hates God and hates you because you look like your daddy. And so he is after you. And, and these, these, three, these three areas of warfare where we where we fight against the enemy are, are, are broken down basically in the three places that we see historically. <clears throat> it's in the world, it's in the flesh, and it's against the devil. It's the world, the flesh, and the devil. And over the next several weeks, we're going to break down how we fight the enemy in these three areas of our lives. I'm going to do a lot of teaching today. I'm probably going to do more preaching in the future. I'm going to do more teaching today because it's super important that we get an understanding and we get a baseline of, 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 of agreement before we move forward. You good with that? <clears throat> Here's what we're working off of right here. This is the point I want to get across, and this is going to make way more sense in the month to come. Deceitful ideas. 
appeal to disordered desires that are normalized in sinful society. Deceitful ideas appeal to disordered desires that are normalized in sinful society. And again, we're going to go over this more in the weeks to come, but these deceitful ideas come from the devil. They appeal to disordered desires, which is the flesh, that are normalized in sinful society. That is the world. And these are the three areas of our warfare. And we'll go over all of this more in the weeks and months to come. All of this, though, starts with the devil. So many people talk about spiritual warfare and they start it with what you do with your body, maybe what clothes you wear or where you go or what you see. It's important to understand that spiritual warfare starts with the devil. And we need to stop responding and start getting on the offense. We need to see how Jesus pushed back darkness so that we can get in the victory that Jesus already has. Can you say amen? Now, I knew I've been, I, I put more work into this message series. <clears throat> I've been, I, I generally work a lot, but I, 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 I put so much work into this message series and um, I, I just had weird things happening all week. I had, I, I came down with a weird fever on Friday. I'm like, what in the world? Adults don't get fevers. What's, what, what is happening? I was like, devil, you are a liar. This is, you are a liar. So, 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 and we had the meeting today. I was like, uh, you know, weird things are going to happen today. And, uh, but in the end, Jesus is going to be glorified. You say amen to that? All right, let's look at John chapter 8. <clears throat> We're going to start in verse 31. You ready? <clears throat> so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Now, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to know they're already lying. This entire Old Testament is about the Jews being carried away into slavery. And they start off against Jesus saying, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been enslaved to anyone. As a matter of fact, at that very moment, they were conquered by Rome and had to serve Rome. Either you recognize what the enemy is doing or the enemy is winning. That's it. That's all there is. There's there's no in-between. Either you see what the enemy is doing or you are already conquered. That's, I mean, how is it you say you will be free? Oh, Jesus was so merciful to us when we're stupid. Jesus answered them. Are you all with me? Jesus answered them. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin. Can you, can you, while I do this, Josh, can you do the scriptures? Because I'll, I'll, I'll forget where I'm at. They answered, okay. Jesus answered them. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. Now the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the Son sets you free, you really will be free. I know that you're Abraham's descendants. You're seeking to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak of the things which I have seen with my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you heard from 
your father. They also said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you're seeking to kill me. A man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. This Abraham did not do. You're doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, we're not born as a result of sexual immorality. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came forth from God and am here. For I have not even come on my own, but he sent me. Why do you not understand that I, what I am saying? It is because you cannot listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. And you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he tells a lie, he's speaking from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of lies. Because I say the truth, you do not believe me. Can you say amen to the reading of the word? Oh, Jesus. Jesus knows what he is talking about. Jesus it knows what he is talking about, and he is coming against the thought leaders of the day. If we're going to win the war that is happening over our soul, we need to see the war the way Jesus does. We have Jesus here, not having a magic contest, right? He's not doing a magic contest like Moses or Elijah. He's calmly debating the thought leaders of the day. The religious leaders of the day. He has chosen. This is how he's doing it. The people who have influence over society. The people who have influence over religion. He's having a calm debate with these thought leaders of the day about who God is and what truth is. Jesus is talking about lies. And if we're going to talk and win this war like Jesus wins the war, we have to understand this warfare the way Jesus sees it. And for the first thing, we need to know that for Jesus, the devil is real. The devil is not some medieval mythological con construct. Uh, we believe in the devil because Jesus believed in the devil. And as followers of Jesus, we believe what he believes. Here's what he said in verse 44. You are of your father, the devil, and want to do the desires of your father. Now, when you think of the devil, we know in Hollywood there's like a little guy with a pitchfork sitting on your, your shoulder, right? And uh, he's trying to tell you what to do, or, or maybe, you know, he's got the horns and uh, he's um, trying to control the world, or, you know, there's kind of weird stuff that we think about the devil. But as we look at Scripture, and we're going to talk more about this in the weeks to come, this is evil personified. It's, it's an invisible but real intelligence that is the evil behind so much evil in our soul and the evil in our society. And what's interesting, what I find is so clever about Jesus, this is an homage to uh, the, the Garden of Eden. If you remember in Genesis chapter 3, we're not going to go there today, but it's in Genesis chapter 3, <clears throat> there is this, uh, the, 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 the Satan comes and tempts Eve. And whether you believe that that literally happened, or if that was a rabbinic teaching to illustrate the fall of man, I don't care how you look at the story as long as you believe it, because it's in the Bible. 
Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you know this, but snakes don't talk. Right? But we see this personified evil, the enemy, in talking to Eve and tempting Eve, right? And Eve is tempted to go along with this personified evil. And after this fall, God comes in and He separates the two. And He says to Eve, and Eve represents all of mankind in this instance, says, listen, out of you will come the one, the victor. God begins prophesying the Messiah, Jesus, that will come and, 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 and crush the head of Satan. Right? He's talking about Eve birthing the Messiah down the line. Begins to prophesy. It's the first prophetic picture of Jesus in the Scripture. But then he says, on the opposite, Satan, you, you evil one, you, you, you will be crushed by her seed. You will be defeated. The, the enemy's offspring would be the enemies of Eve's offspring. The, Eve's offspring would be Jesus. And Jesus is telling these Jewish leaders, you're the offspring that God was talking about in the garden. That's bold right there. Now that's, I don't know about you, but that is bold. They've been teaching the Scriptures their whole lives, and he's like, oh, you've been teaching the Scriptures? Yeah, when I read Genesis 3, I see you, but not as a seed of Eve, as a seed of Satan. Like, this is him saying, like, I am making a clear line between what is evil and what is God. Do you see this? Jesus is brilliant. He's working on levels. And these rabbis, remember, right now he's talking to teachers, Pharisees, who knew the word, and he's speaking their language to them. He understood the people he was ministering to. Is this landing? And he's telling them, listen, the devil is real, and those who hate Jesus, you're, you're, you're children of the devil. This is what, he, this is what Jesus is, is, is telling these enemies of Jesus. The second thing we need to know as we go on this, the devil is real. And number two, the devil wants to destroy our soul in our society. He has a plan. And his plan is death and destruction. Here's what Jesus said. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. So to be a disciple of Jesus is to be at war with the devil. For Jesus here, the devil wants to destroy our soul and our society. He wants a society where sin is normalized. He wants a society where there is no shame in being sinful. He wants to create a society that does not foster righteousness. Uh, and and, and um, <clears throat> there was a time when Christianity was the majority thought basis of our society. There was a time when, uh, even though we know that many of the founding fathers were secularists or deists, we know that Christian ethics were kind of at the foundation of our society. Now, that is not where we're at today. Today we are not a physical minority by any stretch of the imagination, but we are a cognitive minority in our country. Our ethics as believers is different than the ethics of our world. Do you see that? Well, we believe in how you treat people. How you give grace. How you give mercy. How we show people what it means to love well, even if it would be better for me to not love well. Where we sacrificially do things that benefit people in ways that don't benefit 
us was kind of a, was kind of a given. And I, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but I'm going to give a couple examples that we see in our government and in our society today. If you have you seen the recent um, the recent uh, the charts that show how salaries have risen versus rent. Have you seen that recently? There's a lot of data that's come out that rent has, has gone up like this, but salaries have stayed flat. Have, has anybody know? You know what I'm talking about. There was a time that that would be shameful. There was a time that that would be shameful. Now we call that good business. Right? There was a time that, that, that CEOs of country, companies, I don't mean people who started the companies, I just mean CEOs, that their pay was somewhat connected to their workers' pays. Now, they could be laying off people while making $100 million a year. There's a time that that was shameful. That is now normalized in our society. Right? If you drive down I-95, I've said this before, and if you have enough money, you can drive in express lanes. If you don't have enough money, you have to stay slow with everybody else. That doesn't bother people in our society. That doesn't bother people. We just think that's, oh, that makes sense. If you have more money, you deserve to drive faster. That is not what we see in the Word of God. The Bible says that regardless of where your wealth is at, you are equal in the kingdom. And not for nothing, our taxes pay for those roads. Yet some people get to drive faster than other people. I'm not stepping on any toes here, am I? We, this is normalized in our minds. Sinful society is normalized in our minds. And God wants to renew our minds in a way that we see a possibility of a more just society. There is a possibility where Jesus will be greater glorified in this society as we see how the enemy moves through our society. There was a time when I was young that sexual assault was normalized. Praise God, that is no longer being normalized. That is a manifestation of righteousness, even if it's not, unfortunately, coming from the church. But God is more pleased when people are not being sexually assaulted. Amen? But there are states right now that won't raise the minimum age to get married. That is bizarre to me. That is unrighteous. That is unchristian. And it's normalized in so many areas. I could run through 50 areas right now, but I will throughout this message series, where we just look at society and we just say, well, that's just the way things are. But that's not the way things have to be. And it's not the way Jesus wants them to be. It is a failure of moral imagination to think that nothing can change. We can make a change, but we have to see what's at work here. What we look at today in American society is we think everything comes down to government. And so either you're in the conservative government or you're in the liberal government. And if you're in the liberal government side of things, you see liberal causes that should get fixed and government is going to change everything. And if you're in the conservative, you think the conservative government's going to change everything. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus did not say that we're to rely on the government to do anything. That we, the believers, are the ones supposed to be setting the moral temperature for our country. And we are supposed to be changing things. Can you say amen? Listen, the Holy Ghost is empowering us to do acts of righteousness in our spheres of influence. Can you say amen? This is what we're called to do. And so the enemy affects society in a way that we believe lies, that we cannot change the way society is. Every now and then, a great orator 
rises up either in government or in the church or in the military or in business and affects change on a larger scale. We can, we can think of Lincoln. We can think of Grant. We can think of uh, Martin Luther King. We, we can think of leaders who come and say, listen, we can change things if we all get together because there's a problem here. But this is how we're supposed to be living as people who have eyes open to what the enemy is doing in our society. And so if the devil is real, and the devil wants to ruin your soul in our society, what is his primary way of doing it? This is what we need to know in the Word of God so we can combat it. When I grew up, in the church I grew up in, it was all about sexual morality. Everything came down to sexual morality. And I would say that's often a manifestation of, of the leader, right? Maybe that was their big thing. When we look in the Word of God, this is not the primary warfare. This is not the primary warfare. This is not primarily how... Does he move through that? Yes, the enemy moves through that. That is not his primary way. Other places, it's about how you dress, what kind of church you go to, what version of the Bible you read, whether you have facial hair, you don't have facial hair, whether women wear pants or they don't wear pants. There's all kinds of things that people use. But for, the, for Jesus, this is not what Jesus taught. Here's what Jesus taught. Jesus taught that, whoops. Jesus taught, there we go. The devil is real. The devil wants to destroy our soul and our society, and he operates through lies. This is how he works. He operates through lies. Watch this. Whenever he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of lies. He is the father of lies. He is the origin of all lies. Deception. I like how the NIV says it. The NIV says it. When the devil lies, he's speaking his native language. That's how, it's how he talks. This is, this, is, this is the battleground here. The battleground is over what is truth and what is a lie. The devil does not have to lure you into doing things. He, doesn't, he, he just needs to plant a lie on the inside of your mind. Now, I'm, I'm going to get to that in one second. And look how Jesus does it. Look, 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 how, look, how, look how Jesus combats this language of lies. Look how he, he works against this. The devil is real. His goal is murder. He works through lies. But Jesus came to set you free. Can you say amen? Here's, here's what he says. Amen, amen, amen. That's the good news. That's the good news. Verse 31, he says, If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Not our shouting, not our marches, not our, not, 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 not our waving things around, not rubbing oil over everything we own. I've done all that, right? I may do it again. Who knows? But he says, If in my word, if you are in my word, it will set you free. This is, this, is, this, is, this is the key. You think about the opposite of the devil's lies, you have the word of God. The words of Jesus is the opposite of the lies of the devil. 
Because the devil is real. His goal is murder. He works through lies. But Jesus came to set you free. Now, there are three questions at the heart of every person that the devil gets at, right? At the heart of every person. Who is God? Who am I? And how do I find happiness? And the devil's got answers for all three of those questions. And he works backwards. Who is God? Who am I? And how do I find happiness? And, you know, as, as we seek to answer these questions, I want you to just kind of lean in a little bit because I want to teach. I really want to preach, but I need to teach a little bit. The enemy wants to tell you that God is not real. That God is the whatever, whatever you need God to be. That's who God is. And, and, and he wants to tell you that you are the sum total of your feelings, emotional emotions and, and desires and the things that you feel pulled in the world. And, and, and what brings you happiness? Well, what brings you happiness is whatever brings you happiness. But how many of you know when you were in the world, you were searching for happiness, but you didn't come into a real joy until you came into the freedom you found in Christ Jesus. And you found that the world is a lie. The world does not give you real happiness. That happiness comes with a hook. It comes with bait. It does not give you free grace. There is a trap in all of it. And, and, and so as we go through this, again, I'm going to continue to teach and I want to preach so bad, but I, I want to teach because I, I want us to get this fully. If we're going to come against the lie, we've got to know what the truth is. There's a war over truth today. And so, so what is truth? What, 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 what is truth? Truth is reality. Right? We know people who walk in deception. And they say, oh, I'm going to start this business. You're like, how, what's your business plan going to be? Oh, God's going to do it. Like, well, you are not walking in reality. That is not how it works. You can have the favor of God, but you better have a business plan. Right? You, oh, I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to buy this truck. Can you afford that truck? No, but, you know, I, I'll figure it out. No, no, no you won't. What, what, what is reality? Reality is what you run into when you're wrong. For many people, coronavirus was a, was, was, was a, was a, was a hoax. Many of those people passed away from coronavirus. They ran in, unfortunately, to the hard truth that this was a real disease that was killing people. There, there's, there's reality. And we need to be people of the truth. We need to be people who welcome the truth and want to walk in the truth. The opposite of truth is lies. Lies are opposite of reality. And this is a commodity that the enemy brokers in. Lies. He speaks things that are opposite of the truth. So, so, so reality is what you run into when you're wrong. Mike Tyson has a famous saying, you know, Mike, Mike Tyson, the, the, the philosopher, right? Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face, right? Everybody has a plan until you get punched in, 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 in the face. Uh, reality is what you run into when you're wrong. Reality is what you run into when you're wrong. That's the find out part of mess around and find out. Right? That's, that, that's, that's the reality part of that. You thought you had a plan, but then you found out. Your, your, your plan wasn't actually, you, that, that was, you weren't as, as bright as you thought you were, right? You know, this is, this, is, this is the machinations that go on in our head. And we all have ideas about reality. Is this too much information or are we good? Okay, okay. We all have ideas about reality. We have assumptions about realities. We have machinations about reality. 
And ideas are assumptions about reality. Now, this is what makes humans so special. Humans have this ability to have both realistic ideas and unrealistic ideas. Some of us, you know, you can, you, you can see something that isn't there yet. And that's, that's awesome. And all of us have this way of looking at the world. We're going to get a little philosophical here for a moment. And I, and I promise you in the weeks to come, I'm going to break all this down a lot better. All of us have a, a picture of how the world works. And there's different, there's different, um, there's different words for these pictures. There's different names for it. Some people call it a, a worldview. You've probably heard before, a worldview, right? Uh, other people call it a meta-narrative, if you're a postmodernist. Uh, Christians, we, we call it our faith. Our faith is how we view the world. Uh, others, they call it a mind map. Everything fits together in this mind map. Let's, let's do a little, a little exercise. Now, some of these mind maps are, are, are not concrete. Some of them are. Let's do a little exercise, if you don't mind. Go ahead and close your eyes right now. Everybody just close your eyes. And I want you to think about where you're going to go for lunch after this. Some of you are going to go home. Some of you want to go out. Where do you want to go to lunch after this? That's what we say. How do you get there? How do you get there? Right? How are you going to get there? What's, make, create a map on how you get there. All right. Now open your eyes. You just created something that isn't actually there. That, that's a literal mind map. This is how I get to where I'm going. Now here's what's important. If your perception of reality is right, when you follow that mind map, you will get to where you want to go. If your perception of reality is wrong, you will be lost. That is both natural and spiritual. If your perception of spiritual reality is correct, if you follow that map, you will get where God has you going. If your perception of spirituality is wrong, your map will get you lost. Right? This, this, is, this is the truth here as it is in heaven. And, and, so, and so, the same way that we have these mind maps of how the world works, we have a perceived reality for all of our lives. We have a, we have a, a mind map or a, or a meta-narrative or a worldview for our finances, for what we do with power, for our sexuality or the meaning of life or parenting or how you interpret or interact with, with, with other people. There's these collections of ideas that float in our head, our assumptions of reality, in our, our, our route to happiness. We have an idea of what will get us to happiness. They're all ideas, though. And these ideas are floating in our head. And where these ideas are that are floating in our head, this is the real battle between light and darkness. Will our ideas be birthed by God or will they be influenced by the lies of the devil? The amazing part of humanity is our ability to have ideas that correspond to reality and ideas that don't. This, this, this is what empowers creativity. This is, um, this is how you can wake up one day and decide, I work for someone, but I think I can start a business and work on my own. I think, I, I, I see that um, this song is out there, but I think I can make a song better. Or I, this is how my life is right now. My life, I, I, I have this kind of job, but I want that kind of job. And I think I can change my life in a way that gets me that job, right? That's our, that's our creativity. That's our ability to form things that aren't realistic 
in our head and create a map to get to it. But at the same time, this is where the fight for truth is. This is where the real battle comes from. And I'm going to talk for a few more minutes, but I want to minister the lies of the enemy out of your life at the end of this message. So in a minute, I'm going to call it Mikey. Not quite yet. Um, let me say this before I go into my next scripture. Uh, if you don't get our uh, newsletter, um, I want you to go to any social media platform, go to our link tree, sign up for our newsletter, because after this service, I'm going to be emailing a worksheet that you can begin to work out with two or three people in your life. Just get together and figure out where, where the ideas in your head, which ones are inspired by the enemy, where there are lies at work in our lives. Here's, here's what Proverbs 4.23 says. It says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Those, those, your heart there, those are your ideas. Watch where the ideas in your life come from, because that's, that's what's going to be bringing up springs in your life and and if you got hurt one time or 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 you felt at one point people weren't nice to you and you continue to drag that around that idea is still alive it's 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 energized by a lie then that lie continues to live in your entire life and we have to hold those thoughts captive the bible says and see that that is not truthful but it's a lie. You see, we live at the mercy of our ideas. Proverbs 23.7 says, For as you think within yourself, so you are. This is the true you. How your mind continues to think. And so many of us spend so much time meditating on lies, it robs us of what God wants to do. Come on up, Mike. <clears throat> Let me say this again. Deceitful ideas, they appeal to disordered desires. So we have these ideas in our head, but we have desires in our flesh. Our flesh wants some things. And so we have an idea. Oh, I know how I can meet that need. And it's completely normalized in sinful society. <clears throat> I mean, if, if you're on social media, you are constantly, you're either in the, the, the battle against comparison or you've given into it. There's no in-between. There's, there's no in-between. You, 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 can't, you can't be on, sinful, on social media and we, our sinful society has completely normalized broadcasting a version of your life that isn't true. We don't even call it a lie. We're like, oh, it's just the gram. No, it's a lie. That is not your life. But our sinful... I'm not bashing social media. What I'm saying is, we need to be a little more wise than the world. And we need not be ignorant of the enemy's devices. That famous war book by Sung Ju, right? That's how you say his name? He says, no your enemy. And so many of us are captivated because we don't know our enemy enough to know how he's moving against us. 
this is where the war for your soul is happening. What do you believe is true? The problem is that we don't even recognize where the enemy has been lying to us. In society today, we cannot even recognize how sinful society validates choices animated by the enemy. As Jesus walked with His disciples, they constantly were being rebuked by Jesus because they were acting like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. What was the great sin of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? They kept pointing out the sin in other people but would not confess their own sin. They could see the evil in other people, but they were not confessing that they were evil themselves. This teaching comes directly after the woman who was supposedly caught in adultery, though the story doesn't actually say that, but there's this woman that they wanted to murder. And Jesus comes with this teaching. Oh, you think you want to be regulators of truth? Let's start where real demonic activity happens. Where does it actually start? Did it start with this woman having several husbands? Or did it start with the father of lies? And it's really easy to see what's wrong in other people's lives, right? It's really easy to, to point out and judge and think we know what's going on behind the scenes. It's, it's really easy. We don't know why this woman had so many husbands. We, we don't know. We don't know that she wasn't being pimped out. We, we don't know what's going on in that story. We don't know that she, she wasn't some sort of um, sexual abuse survivor. We don't know. But we assume that she was a whore. Because we think we know what's wrong with other people. When we don't see what's wrong with our own selves. We don't see the lies that we believe that lead us to think that we can judge other people's lives. We don't see the lies that we believe that keep us in depression and anxiety and have cycles that we can't break out of. We don't, we don't see that because we have normalized it. The lies that we believe are normalized in simple society. They appeal to something on the inside of us. The Enlightenment thinkers of which our founding fathers came from, they changed the concept of freedom. Before the Enlightenment, freedom meant you get free from oppression. There were a ruling aristocracy that were oppressing the people of the day. And the founders of our country, they, they wanted to break away from that. And historically, you wanted to set up a government that got you free from oppression. But when the Enlightenment came, they changed a little bit of which our founding fathers were part of. Instead of being free from oppression, we're now free for doing whatever we want. There's a, there's a difference there. There, there, there. It came from, you can't do harm to me, to we're going to set it up where I can do whatever I want to do. Now, that sounds subtle, but it's huge. It has caused us to think that we are the masters of our own world, that we are the gods of our realm, and ultimate truth comes down to what we believe. It denies that there is an ultimate arbiter of truth whose name is Jesus. See, friend, we are free 
from oppression because of Jesus, but we are not free to do whatever we want to do. Reality says you can climb on this roof and you can say, I can fly, but real reality is going to hit you in the way of the concrete below once you jump. You are not free to fly off of this building because you can't fly. That is the truth that comes smack in the face of our sinful ideas. And so you can believe the lie that you can fool around on your wife a little bit and everything's going to be fine. But the real reality is that that is a cancer that is destroying your soul, will destroy your marriage, and will break the trust that woman has with you. You can be in a business and say, I'll get away with this little financial misgivings and this little thing. And but the reality is that one day your conscience is going to catch up with you and the enemy is going to destroy everything you think you're building by cutting corners. You may be overbearing, overbearing with your kids as I was for a season that I've had to repent to my son for. Oh, I know he doesn't want me to talk about this. He's here today. But I have repented to my sons. I was a stupid young father. And uh, wanted some, you know, got to do things this way. And I didn't understand my son is very different. His brain works different than mine. Thinks completely different. And what I thought was rebellion was really him just not understanding what the heck I was asking him to do. And it took way too long for us to get on the same page. And I had to come to a place where I was like, um, what's more important for Carl? That he continue to be the man or that he repair what he has broken with his son? You're going to pay. If you come against reality, you will pay. And the choice is how you want to pay. Jesus offers us a way, and that is through humility, humbling ourselves. Duke talked earlier about releasing offenses and lining up with reality. I'm sorry, son. I know you don't want me to talk about that. I love you. He's like, still stop talking about me, please. We, we, had, a, we had a thing. When they were kids, anytime I used them as an illustration in, in, a, in a message, I had to give them money. Uh, so that kept it, but they're adults now, and I'm like, that, eh, you know, that season's over. Jesus walked into a secular world, and he said, I have something better. Pilate said to him, are you a king? Jesus answered, you say correctly that I'm king. For this purpose I have been born. And for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And here's what I want to do right now. I just want to take a moment. And, and, and tonight, this week, I want you to gather with maybe two people, maybe three people, same sex hopefully. And, uh, and just, just, just be quiet. And listen, listen for what lies may be active in your life. Again, I have a worksheet we're going to email to everybody along with some instructions in the newsletter if you sign up for it. But <clears throat> Jesus promised us that we're not out here on our own trying to figure everything out. Amen. He says, 
when the Helper comes, who I will send to you from the Father, watch what He calls the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Truth, who comes for the Father, He will testify of Me. The Father of lies, He sends lies. But Me, I'll send the Spirit of Truth. You're not out here on your own trying to figure it out. The Spirit of Truth will come and un unmask these lies. And, and so what I want to do right now, just for a moment, and I'd, whoa, and I'd ask Mikey to just play a little bit. What I want to do right now, and um, I, I wanted to finish a few minutes early. I, don't, I didn't do that. But what I want to do right now is I want to just pray. In the Bible, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there is a gift of discernment or discerning of spirits. There is a gift that He gives us. And I am going to pray right now that that would be active in the room right now. Because I believe some of you are dealing with some things and you don't understand why you're dealing with them. It's because there are lies active in your life right now. And Holy Spirit wants you to leave here today free. Free. Some people are like, oh, I have a drinking problem. It's like, no. I mean, yes, but the real problem is that you can't be alone with yourself. Because of what's going on in your head and drinking is the only way you get away from it. Jesus wants to come against those lies that are floating around in your head. Does He want to cure your alcoholism? Of course He does. But He really wants to get at the lie that's behind the alcoholism. Some of you are just depressed with life. Why? Because you have a roadmap to joy that is not reality. And you're so sad that you can't, that God is not empowering your roadmap to joy and happiness. Because it's not His roadmap to happiness. And so we need those lies uncovered in our head so we can be open to the real journey to happiness that Jesus has for us. I feel the Holy Ghost beginning to move in this room. I don't, I don't think it's just me. I believe it's the Spirit of God. He's beginning to move in the room right now. And God wants to uncover some lies. And so um, here's what I'd like to do. If you would just settle yourself for a second. I wasn't sure how I was going to do this. But I'm going, to, I'm going to welcome the Spirit of God in the room right now. And when He comes, He's going to begin moving on hearts. You may feel warmth on your body or tingling. You may feel nothing. You may feel a little shaky. Uh, you know, whatever. If you feel like something uncomfortable happening, I want you to come forward and, and, and um, Duke and Brianna here will uh, pray for you. Um, if you feel like there's something going on in your life that you can't break, we're going to pray for you in a moment. But Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I have now preached Your Word. I have preached the Word of God. I have declared what Your Son Jesus Christ calls truth. And I quoted the promise that Your Son Jesus said that You would send the Helper whoa, to those and that He would speak truth. So right now, I'm asking for the Spirit of God. Holy Ghost of God, would you, would you come in this room right now? And, and as I pray, if you are away from God, if you are living in sin, if you're living in a lie, I want you to ask God to forgive you right now. I want you to receive Jesus Christ as the mediator, your way back to the Father, the one who conquered death for you. Receive Him as your Savior. Before you leave today, fill out a connection card in the lobby indicating that you received Christ as Savior. 
But Father, right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I ask for your Holy Ghost of God to come in this room right now. I declare the blood of Jesus over this room. I declare the blood of Jesus over this room. I command every foul and wicked spirit. I bind you in the name of Jesus right now. You will lie. No, you are bound. You will lie no longer. And Father, I invite the spirit of truth in the room. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come and move in the room. Move in the room. Sweep through right now. I pray that you would peel back the lies right now and show your perfect plan right there. And as you sit here in this atmosphere, just ask Him, God, what, what lie do you want to set me free from today? What lie do you want to set me free from today? Shebaka today. Hallelujah. 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 Stand with me if you would. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, if you want someone to pray with you after service, we're going to have some people right here at the front. I would encourage you. There is something supernatural that happens when someone lays hands on someone else to minister. Can you do this on your own? I don't know. Maybe. It wasn't designed to be that way. Designed to be with someone else. If I can have Brianna and you come forward here, please. And they're going to be happy to pray for anybody who just wants prayer. We're not going to, we're not going to tarry and yell and scream and cast out and bind. We're just going to bless what the Lord is doing in lives right now. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless all these. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause His face to shine upon you. The Lord would lift His countenance to you and give you peace. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Can you give a clap offering to the Lord? I believe you started something here today. I believe you started something here today. If you want prayer for any reason, I want to welcome you to come forward. If you're a guest, I'll be in the lobby momentarily. I would love to meet you. God bless you. Go in the peace of God and have an amazing week.